The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Episode 367, Best Budgeting Tips for 2024. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, save money embrace simplicity, embrace and live a richer life. life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today, our last episode in 2023, as we prepare for 2024, we want to help you succeed with your budget more often in 2024. It's not going to be perfect. You are never going to have a perfect budget, but you can succeed week to week more often if you have some of these practical tips. And these are not regurgitated tips from the internet. You could Google best budgeting tips. And I assure you, you will probably not see these on there. Oh, I love that. Hot take to close out 2023. We're doing it. We usually, when we record episodes, look to the internet. What's what's a search going to reveal on Google? And we kind of go through and give you the top two articles, what they say, our take on it. This one, this one's straight from us. It's something mm-hmm. else we're doing because you know what? It's our podcast. And also, we've been doing this for nearly six years. So this is a curated list of everything we've learned, what we think will be the heavy hitters in 2024, just for you, just to close out yes. this year. Yes. But first, this episode is brought to you by No Spend January. If you got a little caught up in holiday shopping FOMO and made uh, some purchases that you didn't necessarily need, you bought some white elephant gifts that were maybe uh, too nice for the party. Uh, And if you want to do a No Spend Challenge to get back on track, uh, if you want to do a No Spend Challenge with friends who've done it before, then welcome to No Spend January, friends. We are doing No Spend January with you all month. So every issue of the friend letter will have helpful tips three times a week. Uh, I, Jen, will be posting on the Frugal Friends podcast Instagram and Modern Frugality on TikTok. And we will be navigating together the thoughts, challenges, successes of a no-spend challenge. So this is us holding your hand 
and doing a no spend challenge that is not just for the sake of saving money, recouping some of the losses from November and December, but also will help you identify what are the spending habits that I created in 2023 that I don't love and what do I need to work on in 2024 to make my spending and my money work better for me. And that's really what a no spend challenge is. It helps you just identify the things you need to work on faster so that you can reach your goals that much faster. So head to frugalfriendspodcast.com to get the friend letter. You're going to get all of those tips in there. And then also, if you're already on the friend friend letter, head to Instagram, uh, get on the Frugal Friends Podcast uh, account, follow Modern Frugality on TikTok and Instagram, and you'll be able to see everything in those places. We're, we're coming at you both of the places that you spend the most time because we want to we want to help you as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to kick off 2024. This is like your, this is a bonus to this episode. A lot of times when we do challenges, we're not always doing them exactly side by side with you. This time we are. Jen and I both need it too. We need to know spend yeah. January. So yes. we're going to do it. We're going to encourage you to do it. Let's do it together. It's more fun that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you are interested in getting your money right in 2024, uh, getting on track with budgeting, then we have a ton of budgeting episodes that are very specific to types of budgeting, uh, making more forgiving, less restrictive budgets. Uh, one of our favorites is episode 237, Kakipo, Kakebo. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm so sorry. But it's the Japanese art of mindful budgeting. And we love this Japanese philosophy on budgeting. It is something we talk about quite frequently. And so we dive deep into it in 237. Uh, We also did uh, episode 310 while I was on maternity leave. Our friend Allison from Inspired Budget came in to fill in for me and did this episode with Jill, what we've learned from 75 plus real people budgets. She reviews budgets every week on her Inspired Budget Instagram account. So she has a lot of insight to what people are doing with their budgets. Uh, and we also, our, our episode from last year, episode 271, the best money saving tips for 2023 still apply <laughs> to 2024. That, yeah, that episode holds up. Yep. It aged well. And so it's still a good one. We're not also, we're not giving the same tips that we gave in that episode. So that one's a good one to listen to. Yeah, but stay here because we're talking about 2024 now. That's where we're at. Yes. And so we're we're going into this episode with the mindset of we want to help you pl- not just plan your money better because the plan is custom to you. It's unique to you. We can't tell you to do like a 50-30-20 budget, to spend 50% of your money here, 30% here, 20% here. Nobody can really tell you that because if you're in a high cost of living area, your housing is probably more than 50%. So there, these things don't necessarily apply to you. So you really have to determine the ratios of what you save, what you spend. The tips that we are going to give you today are going to help you expand your, your budget more. So you're making the plan, but sometimes the plan does not work. And so when the plan's not working, what do we do? Where do we go? And those four tips 
are what we're going to give you today. If you do even just one of them, you will be on the path to a more successful 2024. If you do all four of them, call us up. We want to we want to talk to you and we want to celebrate with you. Yes. And then we'll invoice you. Just we kidding. We will not invoice We you. won't. Gosh. No, we definitely don't do that. We don't do that to any of our <laughs> listeners. Not a single one. Yes. Uh, and this episode was really inspired by a quote that I read in an article when I was doing some research. And this is from a guy who says, I bought a very modest house and did all these things that we felt like we were supposed to do, like live within our means, don't overspend, save. And it all just keeps getting further away from being able to take the next step. And this is a guy from Dayton, Ohio, who is an analytics engineer. And when someone with a like white collar job is is saying like, I did everything right, right? I bought this starter house like they told me to. I put this much down. I did all these things that these financial podcasts were telling me to do. But the current state of where we are, (laughs) it just feels like it's getting further and further away from what reality is. Uh, And so we can't give you any groundbreaking advice, but Hopefully, if you can take away a few changes, a few lifestyle changes from this episode, then hopefully it will will help you feel like you're treading water a little better <laughs> or that you're treading less, uh, that these are lifestyle changes that will will help you maybe feel like you're on solid footing soon. Treading water in the shallow end of the pool. Where when you get tired, you can stand up for a little bit. Yes. (laughs) Right. So our first tip, uh, our first budgeting tip for 2024. Drum roll, please. That was my mouth. It wasn't a drum. (laughs) I know. It's like, oh, it sounded so much like drums. I didn't even know if I wasn't listening to you. Uh, Our first tip is to earn more money. Mm. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry Mm. that the Frugal Living Podcast. We don't love to talk about that. I know. You don't so, expect it in frugality. Right. Overspending, we we say this, overspending like will destroy you, but saving money won't save you. So we think about this in the 80-20 rule. Uh, 20% of your effort will get you 80% of your results. 20% of your effort is going to p- produce 80% of the change that you see in your budget. Like, look at your budget. The income section is so small, yet it dictates the size of every other section. And so you can't forget about the 80%, but you have to focus on that vital 20%. And, and another term for the 80-20 rule is the vital few and the useful many. As frugal people, sometimes we want to focus on the useful many because they are useful. They do make a difference and they have low barriers to entry. Honestly, it's easier to do a lot of the money-saving tips that we give you. And that's great. Starting with those things is great. But if we forget about these vital few we start to feel like we are treading water because the small things add up, but we have to, (laughs) the price of goods has increased too quickly over the last two years to still be making what you made two years ago or to still be content with a three to 5% 
income increase. The retirement savings will you set in 2019 is probably no longer enough because that usually accounts for a 3% uh, increase in inflation, right? And we know we've seen way more than that, triple that in some cases. So if you haven't reevaluated what you're earning uh, or even what you're saving for retirement, now is the time to do it. Because the income goals that you had maybe four years ago, they need to be higher. Uh, and so I know I know a lot of people listen to our show because they don't want to increase their income or think they can't increase an in income. So we've kind of pivoted a lot of our content to be about sparking creativity and creating a mindset about to say how before I can't. So like, how can I save money on this instead of I can't save money on this? Because training those like creative and resourceful muscles with savings will help you when it comes to these harder things like increasing your income. It'll help you get gain the skills that you need to get creative and resourceful with your income. Yeah, I think this is one that can feel uncomfortable, especially in this space, like you just said, Jen, where people might be coming to frugality as kind of this way to not need to increase and identify contentment and enough. And we're also advocating for those things. But I think going back to the statement that you said at the very beginning, this quote about I was doing all of the right things and it just feels like I'm still on this hamster wheel, to paraphrase. And I think a lot of us can relate. I've heard from people in the upper middle class financial bracket, middle, middle class, lower middle class, kind of everybody feels impacted by what has transpired economically over the last couple of years and what it meant five years ago to make an annual household income of $100,000 is not the same as what it meant now. It doesn't mean the same as what it meant five years ago. So I think we have to be willing to look at this too. When we talk about holding the tension and living in the radical middle, it's going to be looking at practices of saving, but also practices of spending and earning more. We can also look at, are there ways to earn money creatively that maybe don't require a heavy mental, emotional, physical load from me, but allows me to be able to have some of that excess income that is required this day and age. Not advocating for hustle culture, rat race, you're never going to get off that hamster wheel. But if you are in this point of seeing, man, what was enough is not enough anymore. This salary is not cutting it. This is also an encouragement to say you're not alone and you're not wrong. And it's not like you're doing something in error if you're finding that suddenly things feel like a bit of a pinch. It's 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 not as if to say, yeah, you just, you've got to cut, 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 cut. Sometimes we can't cut anymore. And this is the side of the spectrum that we need to look at of where can we make more. But it doesn't always necessarily mean that you've got to hustle more. We can be implementing some of this creativity, that that 80-20 rule that could allow us to earn more but not require back-breaking labor of 
of us. And that's kind of all the rest of our archive. But I think it's worth mentioning, especially for 2024, that we might need to consider earning more. I think this is a very useful, helpful tip. Yeah. And I definitely want to reiterate what Jill said is that we don't advocate for hustle culture. It's toxic to some extent. If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you feel like you're not, you don't want to work for someone for the rest of your life, then you should definitely start a side hustle. Starting a side hustle is a great way to transition from working for someone to working for yourself. But I think we've gotten so caught up with all these side hustles that it has given employers an excuse not to pay more. And I think there are creative ways to extract more money from the career path, the nine to five career path you've chosen, especially if you don't want to become an entrepreneur. And so I would really encourage you when you're thinking about increasing your income, don't jump straight to side hustles because that's been what everybody on every podcast has been talking about for years, like five to 10 years at this point. Let's stop for just a minute stop thinking about side hustles until you've extracted every last penny available from your chosen career path. So for a while that we were recommending job hopping. And for some industries, that's still good. For others, it's not. Uh, But there are a lot of ways through education, through networking, all of these ways to extract a higher salary within your field. We're not going to go deep into that right now because we have two really great uh, podcast episodes that are essentially master classes for increasing your income in your chosen profession. Uh, the first is uh, Intentional Strategies to Increase Your Income with Rich Jones. That's episode 305. And then How to Negotiate a Higher Salary in Any Field. Uh, with Mandy Woodruff Santos. That's episode 263. So write down episode 305, episode 263. These are near required listening for all frugal friends. And and Mandy's episode isn't just negotiating higher salary. She gives such wisdom on finding new jobs. She was the one that taught me like, if you want a really successful like career, you don't find jobs by going through the front door, like by going through Indeed and LinkedIn and all these places. You go through the side door, you network, you make connections and you reach out to people and you go through the side door. Uh, And that was just like such crazy wisdom. Uh, So I really love her episode uh, 263. And they're going to give you a lot of helpful tips to earn more money at your job in 2024 so that you have more room in your 2024 budget to A, make ends meet if that's where you're at, or B, to do the rest of the things on this list to invest more, all of that. Yes. I have long-term takeaways from both of those podcast episodes. Can't recommend Mm -hmm. that enough. But let's get to number two on our list, our curated list, waste no food. Stop doing it. 
Stop wasting food. When we talk about the 80-20 rule and what are the vital few and the useful many, the vital few are these most expensive parts of our spending monthly. And food is at the top of that list alongside housing and transportation and bills and clothing. And I love this one kind of quote slash statistic from an article. We are going to look at this particular article because it's worth highlighting at the start of this tip. This is from USA Today. This one really stood out to me and made me chuckle. So they were talking about five facts about food waste revealed from this survey that they did. And the number one fact revealed was that the price of food is the primary food-related concern among 81% of U.S. households. Sidebar, we can affirm this. It is the number one requested type of episode from our listeners. Talk to me about food. Tell me how to reduce my grocery bill. Tell me how I can save on my food. You you name it, all angles. Y'all want to know about food. I get it. I love food too. Okay, back to this article. Yet only 33% are aware that the average American household could save at least, at least $1,500 a year by eliminating food waste, which is a little comical to me, at least. That's how it's landing with me, that we all want to know about how to save money on food. And yet we all are wasting various degrees of food. And that is eating up. That's one of the things that's eating up our food budget by literally us not eating our food that we have purchased. Uh, To throw another stat at you, in October 2020, the Census Bureau survey showed a four-person household spent an average of $238 a week on food at home. Three years later so 2023, to do some quick math, a similar survey showed that that figure had jumped to $315. That's roughly 32% more. Part of that has to do with inflation. So that's an extra $4,000 extra a year on food at home. We can probably surmise that we're still wasting about the same amount. So that just means that our annual waste amount has increased as well. So I think we really need to be looking at what are we doing with the food that we purchase? Certainly there's things that we can be doing ahead of time of how do I purchase just the things that I need? Other hacks on how to reduce food waste. We've got episodes I'll I'll talk about in a minute that I can direct you to on that. But then it's what comes next. Our ability, our practicing and growing of that muscle of being able to eat what we already have at home. The the largest known representative study of food waste in the United States has revealed that every state's habits when it comes to discarding groceries is this, that that we're wasting. Households with, and then this is wild too, more statistics for you just to fire you up. Households with higher levels of education, higher levels of income, and lower age tend to waste more food. And... To go further on, households with children tend to waste more foods per week, more food per week, about eight and a half cups than those with without children, about 5.1 cups. That makes sense. 
I get that. <laughs> I don't have kids. This is Jill talking. Jen does. She has two. She's collecting them right now. <laughs> and other parents that we're friends with, this is a common kind of round the table living room conversation of man, we don't want to be, but we find ourselves throwing away so much food when we have kids in the house. And this isn't to shame you all. None of this is shame. Uh, There are more barriers to reducing food waste and reducing food costs when you've got little ones at home, when it's not just you that you're responsible for, but other people who maybe aren't as informed or not as willing to make some of the decisions that you'd make with food and might be picky. The food got thrown on the floor. What are you going to do? I get it. But I think opening our eyes to this reality as well when we're talking about how to save on groceries, how to save on this big ticket monthly cost is how can we implement that creativity we've already talked about to make sure that we're eating the food that's in our house. So again, to steer you back to some of the archives, we've got some great episodes on this particular tip. If this seems to be one of the areas that you're like, yeah, that's me. How do I reduce my food waste? I'm going to steer you to episode 210, which was tips to live zero waste frugally. So we're not just talking about food there. We're talking about all types of waste, but that too is going to lower our bills across the board from from our food to our miscellaneous budget, cleaning products, you name it, that episode's going to really help. So episode 210 is another good one to queue up. And then we've got episode 176, which is an interview. We also love our interviews. That is zero waste-ish cooking with Debt Kicking Mom. So we've got this, this woman who is also cooking at home, teaching us how to zero waste with our food, make use of all the ingredients that we already have in our house. I'm also going to do another plug for this no spend challenge that we're doing in January. Again, get the fruit get the friend letter, frugalfriendspodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram because that's going to be a big one of the no spend challenge is how do we use up what's in our pantry, in our fridge? How do we keep ourselves from take out restaurants, that kind of a thing. This is this is a big one for our budgets. So follow along there, listen to those episodes 210, 176, and just start taking note of what am I wasting? How much food is going into the garbage and connecting that to your budget, recognizing that if I can reduce this, it's only going to help my wallet, not to mention all the other peripheral helpful impacts on the environment, on our nutrition, you name it. Yeah, I I want to emphasize that the study that we're referencing is on usable food, uh, consumable food, so not inedible food scraps. So this is 30% of food that American homes are wasting. And if you're looking at it from an environmental perspective, like, yes, manufacturers do waste far more food than American homes. But if you're looking at it from a budget perspective, forget meal planning, forget groceries, forget takeout. Just using the food that you have before it goes bad in a creative way so that you actually enjoy it, it, it is it is life-changing to your budget. When you can get resourceful and say, like, I'm not too good to eat <laughs> this 3D 
you know, to repurpose this three day old leftover. Um, I am, you know, going to look through for the oldest yet not expired sauce in my fridge and I'm going to use it up today. Like uh, to, to look through these things, I think the, the, stat that the uh, households that had the highest levels of education, levels of income, and lowest age um, wasting more food was super convicting to me. Um, Because like, I don't consider myself like that bougie or like that, you know, scared of eating food, but I still waste food. As somebody who has two kids, I'm very conscious about food waste and I don't consider myself like too good for three-day-old leftovers. Uh, I, and I'll, I'll push it, to be honest. This is my Oh, body, mine will go a week. Yours. Once it hits yeah. a week, that's it. Yeah. Uh, but I will, I will still waste food. I'll still throw out my own food, not even my kids' foods. Um, just because I... I look at something and I don't want to eat it and I don't want to repurpose it. And so these skills of repurposing and cooking for you, not for somebody you want to be, I think that's really going to to be what helps with this food waste thing. Because we all have, like, we all want to eat a certain way. But that doesn't mean that you really are the t- you really are the type of person that eats that way. So start cooking for you. Start cooking for your family, uh, and and being more concerned with if 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 your budget is your biggest concern, right? If your health is your biggest concern, we're we're having two different conversations. Um, you but if you are eating at home, you are by proxy eating healthier than than takeout. So you're already winning there. But start cooking for you and not for the person you want to be in the future while you're trying to get your food waste under control. Um, and yeah, the no spend challenge is going to be great for me to go through my pantry and my freezer and kind of do a cleansing of the kitchen. I don't have a big stockpile or anything, but I still have stuff that has been sitting in there. And I want to, I want to use it up. I don't want it to sit there anymore. Uh, so this is really going to be my January will be my kitchen cleanse. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. All right, so our next 
tip for 2024 to free up more space in your budget to make your money plan work for you is to pay off any debt over 10% and to never pay double digit interest again in 2024 or any year moving forward. Uh, and so we'll look at another article about like, we'll, we'll cite some facts from this Motley Fool article on average American household debt. Uh, and while inflation cooled in 2023, the average debt is up in nearly every category compared to 2020. So this includes total household debt, credit card debt, mortgage debt, auto loan debt, the debt total is up by over $2.5 trillion since 2020. Uh, and so the federal, this is all like data from the Federal Reserve. It tracks the nation's household debt payments as a percentage of disposable income. And the most recent uh, debt payment to income ratio that we have for this episode is from the second quarter of 2023. And it's showing that 9.8% of income is used to pay debt in some some kind which honestly is not that bad if you're including mortgage payments in there uh but we're using that percentage to kind of guide our new recommendation we used to recommend pay off anything over five percent uh pay off any debt over 5%, but that's becoming increasingly more difficult to do. So if you're somebody who's bought a house or a car um, or gone to school recently, then start with 10%. If you're looking at all your debt and you're like, there's no way, I, I have too much debt over 5%, uh, I can't, then start with 10%. If that's not you, we still do highly recommend that any debt you have over 5% that you pay off quickly. And we don't mean just like prioritize it. I mean, pay it off like your pants are on fire. We are not in the camp that all debt is bad, but there is some debt that holds you back more than others. And that's high interest debt. So pay, put, it is, it behooves you to put your entire life on hold to pay off any debt that's above 10% first. Um, but if you're able to, than any debt over 5%. Uh, and so here are some of the stats from the article. So the average revolving credit card debt is about six, over $6,000. It's about $6,300. And that debt has an average of 20% in interest. That your credit card debt should be at zero and it should be revolving at zero. And so that is the first priority. If you're having trouble with your budget, and you have revolving credit card debt, that's the first place to focus on. We fo definitely focus on increasing your income and reducing your food waste, but your number one goal should be to pay off that credit card debt. Um, and uh, the next highest is personal loans. Those will have a 10 to 12% rate. People with personal loans have an average about eleven dollars or $12,000 in that. So that would be your next one to pay off. And then not as common, but still out there, private student loans, uh, those can be up to a 16% rate. And, and people with private student loans usually have about 50 grand. So those are the things that we want to focus on before we do anything else. And 
once you have paid off, I would say maybe focus on your credit card debt first if you've got it and then put yourself in a place to never get in credit card debt again. So that would be an emergency fund so that you don't have to worry about that again. Uh, And you may want to save your emergency fund first. That's fine. As long as you don't lose the motivation to get rid of that high interest debt. This is what holds people back from being able to invest. It's what promotes lifestyle inflation that keeps you in this uh, this cycle of paycheck to paycheck living, where even if you earn more, uh, you're still living paycheck to paycheck because of these habits that perpetuate high interest debt. And so this is kind of like that kitchen cleanse, but for your finances, this is a financial cleanse to to get rid of that high interest debt and And never get it back again. And this one may need to go hand in hand with number one, which was to earn more. Sometimes we we will be looking to increase our income for one of maybe the sole purpose of paying down debt. And that in that situation might be where if you've exhausted your options in getting every last penny out of your chosen career path, then are there any low barrier to entry, flexible side hustles that you could consider for a time. I'm not going to advocate that we all need to have side hustles indefinitely. Sometimes we choose to get some side work for a purpose like getting rid of that 20% interest credit card debt. Is there something that you could do for three to six to nine months that is really going to make a dent and catapult you for the rest of 2024 into 2025? So those are the types of circumstances where you'd want to maybe consider a little bit above and beyond for a a huge long-term impact. That's the 80-20. There you go. That's the 80-20 again. For those reasons, for these quick side hustles to pay off debt like this, we have a frugal side hustle series. So if you need something to do for about six to nine months, we have several. These are side hustles that are low cost to start, but can have the potential to uh, build into a business if entrepreneurship is something you're interested. So not every single frugal side hustle that we talk about in the series, we have about, I think, six to eight at this point is going to be good for paying off debt. But if it's something you're already like, we have a bookkeeping episode. If you are already familiar with bookkeeping, that's something you could take on as a side hustle, uh, figure out how to take some clients, get the nuts and bolts for that. And then, uh, you know, potentially keep doing it if you like it. Or once your high interest debt is paid off, you drop it. That's, that's I kind of think, our, our recommendation for this one. There's the debt snowball, the debt avalanche. And we have episodes that go into uh, <laughs> more detail on that. But I think for high interest debt, we're definitely team avalanche uh, because it is so so insane. The interest rates are so insane right now. So uh, I, I think your best bet is to focus on your lifestyle habits, not the method in which you're paying off debt to just do that high interest stuff real, 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 real fast before you can think better of it. Yeah. 
And for our last and final tip for 2024 that is a heavy hitter for your finances long-term is investing. We are going to encourage you to invest every month, no matter how little. And when we're talking about investing on this particular podcast, it's primarily for the purpose of retirement. We're not talking about kind of short-term investments and using that as like a side hustle. You, That's just not what we do here. Investing for retirement. So what we know about investing is that for those of us who are average income earners, time is on our side. We want to be investing early and often rather than waiting. This can still give us some of the benefits that those who maybe start later but have a ton of money to do it with can have. So If you invest every month for 40 years, you only need to save $184,000 of your own income to get $1 million invested. $184,000 to $1 million. And that, again, is because it's time in the market. That's 40 years. For many of us, we may not have started in our 20s. That's not going to be entirely possible, but that doesn't mean it's unattainable for you if you're in your 30s, 40s. Still, start now. We don't have to wait until all of our debt is gone before we're investing. Again, we, the frugal friends, are definitely in the camp of we can do multiple things at the same time, especially when we're utilizing automation. We don't have to have our sights on this all day, every day. We can set up some of this automation and be doing multiple things at the same time, just in the background. Versus if you wait 10 years and invest every month for 30 years, you'll need to have $290,000 of your income invested in order to reach that $1 million. Still great if you're in your 30s, but as you can see, the the number increases pretty pretty hefty to go from investing for 30 years versus 40 years. So you could save $112,000 just by investing 10 years earlier. So this is just your sign to start now. Time spent in the market is more valuable than trying to time the market. Yeah. And this is more of a budgeting tip to protect your future budget. So you are going to have bills for the rest of your life. Even if you own a home and you plan for it to be paid off, you're still going to have home insurance. You're still going to have lawn maintenance. You're still going to have taxes. This is an assurance that in the future, you will have an income to budget for these expenses. We don't want to just think about the budget this month. In 2024, we want to change our perspective to be thinking about the budgets uh, in the upcoming months of 2024. We want to think about our budgets five years from now, and we want to think about our budgets in 30 or 40 years from now. And we don't have to dwell on them. We don't have to, they don't, they should not be our biggest focus. That's why we it behooves us to start earlier, even with a little. Uh, so I did a couple calculations in preparing for this episode, and the one hundred and eighty four thousand uh, dollars that is, let me pull it up. That is about three hundred and eighty three 
$3,000 a month. So if you contribute 383, and normally math, you would think, okay, if I start at 25 and I contribute $383 a month to my Roth IRA, then I am going to have to invest more than if I start in 10 years because the extra 10 years will be more money. When the alternative is true, uh, if you just contribute $383 a month for 40 years at a 7% rate of return, uh, that is a million dollars. Whereas the 35, that jumps up to $821 a month that you would have to contribute every month. And at that point, you're beyond uh, an IRA and you have to split it between the 401k and the IRA. So it it's so important. Even if you can't do $300 right now, if you're working on that high interest debt, I think that's more of a priority than investing. But once you get that high interest, anything over 10% paid off, even if you're not completely debt-free, start investing. Do something. Mm -hmm. Even if it's $50 a month, $100 a month, just make it a point to get 1% better every month. Mm -hmm. So, or whatever percentage. I'm not going to do exact percentages, but maybe it's $50 this month. It's $75 next month. We're going to 80 the next month. Get a little bit better every month, but start today. Start now. And for anyone who's not been listening to us for a while, we're talking about our 401ks, getting the employee match if it's offered at your place of employment, your Roth IRAs or traditional IRAs. These are what we're talking about investing in for retirement. We've got episodes that go more into that, how to invest simply. So definitely go back into the archives for that as well. Yeah. I think the the idea that we want to get across to our listeners in 2024. And this is how we're planning our episodes in 2024. And you can be part of that. Um, If you're one of our friend letter uh, subscribers, then we do a poll in every uh, newsletter where we get feedback from you on what you want to hear on the show, how you want the information presented, what's most valuable to you. But the direction that that we kind of want to guide you in is to to just take little actions now. Let's forget this mindset uh, that has been drilled into us that we have to go all or nothing, that in order to change, we have to overhaul our entire life, uh, that if we're not following a perfect budget, then we're not capable of budgeting, uh, that 1% better is better, that We need to make budgets that fit our life, not fit our lives to a perfect budget. And so if you can look at what you're spending, and this is why we love to, you know, telling people, do a 90-day transaction inventory. Look at what you spent over the last 90 days. That's going to tell you who you are right now. For better or for worse, whether you like it or not, what you've spent over the last 90 days tells you who you are. And then you get to decide from there, do I do I like what I see? Do I love what I see? Am I buying what I love? If you're not, then you can change it. But you get to decide what you love. Nobody else decides for you. Don't 
<laughs> just like you you shouldn't meal plan or cook for somebody else or somebody you want to be, you shouldn't budget for somebody who you are not. I know people say fake it till you make it or dress for the job you want. That doesn't apply here. We really have to be looking at who we are and then looking, how can I get better? How can I get my definition of better? How can I make my budget look more like something I'm really proud of? Uh, And forget everyone else. I want to be proud. And hopefully that pride includes reaching your financial goals, paying off debt and investing. Uh, but we we can't tell you what that looks like. Hopefully it does. But I think that's going to be the biggest takeaway we want people to get from this episode and from episodes in 2024 is that 1% better mentality. And so much of this is the intangibles that what we talk about here is beyond just behaviors and how we can manipulate numbers and percentage points, but the our whole person and how this intersects with our financial selves alongside every other aspect of who we are, how we move through life, how we're showing up in the world, what we want to see for ourselves now and in the future. And that requires digging deeper. That requires individualizing these things. And it also creates space for so much freedom and flexibility that it's not a one-size-fits-all, but that's why there's no exact hack for how your budget can do better because it's so much more dynamic than that. And it includes looking at and diving into all aspects of who we want, what we want. And that's that's the whole archive of the Frugal Friends podcast that we will just continue to talk about in 2024 of how do we integrate all of this together and take what we're learning in every aspect of life and allow our 1% better in our relational life to allow us to be 1% better in our financial life. Wherever we are improving ourselves or aiming at our best possible self and well-being, it will have a positive impact on our finances also. And I'm here for that and I'm here for it not being the same for everybody and doing some of that work of what is our thought life filled with? What's what's happening in our emotions that's going to then play into the actions of the budget and the numbers? But we've, we've got to start there and we're here for you. You know what else we're also here for? And yeah, we're here for in, ourselves on this one too. In 2024 and beyond, we will be here for it. The, the Bill of the, of the Week. week. time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the bill of the week. Hi, Jen and Jill. I am a longtime listener here. Uh, Rochelle Pond, and I am happy to uh, to get back on here and share a new bill of the week with you guys. Recently, our um, washing machine was just having like some serious issues. It was m- making like a burning smell, and it was 
um, like smoking and it sounded like it was a rocket ship, like about to take off into space. Like it, it was just so loud, not cleaning their clothes. Well, moldy, just like, just like a gross situation. And, um, my husband and I, you know, we contemplated like, what are we going to do? Are we going to try to fix it? Should we just get another one? And, um, you know, I, my brain space right now, I'm, I'm currently expecting our third child and I need a washing machine as soon as possible. And so I told my husband, Hey, this is exactly why we have an emergency fund. And so we went out and bought a new washer and dryer and it was such an easy choice to make. And this is everybody's reminder to go and get you, um, save an emergency fund because it makes these things less of an inconvenience. But anyway, I'm definitely looking forward to paying that because we worked hard to, to make that happen. Anyway, thanks you guys. And I appreciate, appreciate you. Oh, Rochelle, so good to hear from you. Yes. We recognize our long-term, our long-time listeners, and it's always sweet to Feel, feel like we're having a phone convo with you. So congrats. Yes, I think you've left a bill for us in the past. So excited to hear this updated one. And re- really, there were so many adjectives to describe your washing machine. I mean, all of the things were happening from burning to mold. It, 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 it sounded unredeemable. And, <laughs> and when you're expecting a third child, I support you. Sometimes... You, you just need to get the thing that works and you need it now. Mm-hmm. And especially when you've already got money set aside because you've prepared for rainy days like this and you're not going into debt for it and you can solve your issue. Sometimes money just solves our issues. <laughs> well yeah. done. That's the thing about having an emergency fund and having a at least some cushion so that you don't have to go into high interest debt. These situations are not emergencies. They just become inconveniences. And that is financial freedom. It's not just having money in the bank. It's the freedom. It's the emotional and mental freedom from the stress that money brings. That's financial freedom. And that's what a financial cushion, an emergency fund, does for you. It takes the things we are used to being these emergencies, these traumatic events, these crises where we make really poor decisions because we're so stressed on top of everything else we've got going on. And we just double down on the on the bad decisions. It takes those and just turns them into like annoyances. And I will take an annoyance over an emergency any day. That's financial freedom. So well done, Rochelle. If you all listening have been a longtime listener or you're brand spanking new, if you've got a gross washing machine or you love your washing machine, if you've got an emergency fund or you don't have an emergency fund or your name is just Bill, call us up. Leave us your bill of the week. The more vague, the better. Also, if it's a useful tip, we're here for it. If it's celebratory, that's great. Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. We cannot wait to hear it. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. 
Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. And now it's time for All right. So in our vulnerability round this week, we are talking about our own personal biggest money lessons of 2023, because if you're not growing, you're dead. And if you're not learning, you are sad. Sadness. Wow. So Jill, I did learn learn this year. Well, this, I learned this, it's not related to money. Your feet and your ears keep growing throughout life. They don't stop growing. And I think your nose, is that true too? I might be spouting off facts that aren't, listen, I don't do- Facts that aren't real? (laughs) Yeah, it's what we do over here at the Frugal Runs Podcast. Your feet definitely grow when you are pregnant. That is Uh 100% fact. And sometimes they don't grow back. They don't degrow. Okay, money lesson, a little bit of money action for me. My money lesson was action. I, 2023 was the year I kind of started to get it together. <laughs> I, I know I've said that I've been doing this podcast After five for like years of hosting the show. <laughs> Jill started getting things together in 2023. So maybe don't listen to any episodes I from really before did. this year. <laughs> <laughs> getting it together in some, in some real ways, for sure. I think I finally had the mental space in 2023 to do some of the tasks of personal finance, like really getting an eye on where I'm banking, moving some things around into better banking situations. For example, a high yield savings account. Don't be sleeping on this. Everybody, don't be sleeping on because a high yield savings account. Because we've been telling Jill to get a high yield savings uh-huh. account for five uh-huh. years. Oh, and, and I would have told did it. everybody else to do it. Do it, do mm-hmm. it, get yourself a you high did. yield savings account. And was I doing it? No, because I was so maxed out. And you know what? If that's you too, I get it. I get it. But hey, there's a few more days left in the holiday and in 2023. Do it. Do not sleep on this because here, here's the thing, friends. High yield savings account is just what it sounds like. It's a savings account. You can put money in, you can take money out. There's no rules about how long you got to keep money in. There's no restrictions on being able to take money out of it. This is where your emergency fund should be. This is where any extra savings should be housed. We are loving CIT. 
I mean, they're not entirely sponsoring us, but they are an affiliate, but we also do believe in them. Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CIT. That does help us out, but also they are offering the best uh, interest back on your money. So they've got, last time I checked, which was yesterday, because now I'm all on this high yield savings account kick. They're <laughs> offering like 4.65, very close to 5% back on your money. And, and it is what it sounds like. So if you've got thousands of dollars in just a regular savings account that is getting you money, you need to put it here because I'm getting like a hundred to $200 a month just on my money. My money is making me money. And that's not even in like a, the stock market investment account. This is just a high yield savings account. So uh, I'm probably getting loud and it sounds like I'm yelling at you, but my money lesson can be your money lesson. Get it in order. You know what else I'm doing? This is going to happen before 2023 is over for me. Term life insurance. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I tell everyone else to do it. Yes. Have I told everyone else to do it? I have. You've heard me. I've I've told you to do it. Have I done it? No. You want to know why? Because I'm over here like, I don't have kids. This is This is no big deal. And now I'm like, no. If I die, I need to leave some money for my husband and my family who hopefully will bury me somewhere that is legal to bury a body. And they're going to need money for that. So term mm-hmm. life insurance. I mean, there's oh. more reasons to have money left behind than just burying you in legal places. But that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, <Yes>. I, <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I also don't have term life insurance, but it's for different reasons. But uh, Travis does have term life insurance. And because at one point he was more likely to die. Yeah. Those lines have blurred now. Um, <laughs> so, we, so, we've been here for close to six years. We don't know how much longer we'll be here. Right. Frugalfriendspodcast.com slash ladder. They've, yes, they've that, actually got that some That is great... the one that we love mm-hmm. the most um, currently. That so. is who I'm using. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I While we're on the vul- vulnerability train, I do have multiple high-yield savings accounts and love them. But my emergency fund has been in an investment account for the last several years. <laughs> oh, Jen. <laughs> right? Okay. And which is what nobody should do, which right. we tell everyone, don't do this. Oh, my. And this is... <laughs> I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest with you. We are not the only people with personal finance podcasts that are not doing what we tell people to do. But um, I am actually gonna try again to get life insurance. Uh, I have I have waited the amount of days that I sh- think is valid to wait to try again, and uh, I'm I'm gonna use ladder to try this time. So definitely high yield savings accounts. And yeah, frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CIT. That's a given. And then life insurance. For me, my biggest money lesson this year, um, besides don't put your emergency fund in an investment account, (laughs) which is the lesson I've always known. But you Um, also do have money in a high yield savings account. So you're not, I mean, I I think our listeners need to hear that correctly, that it's not as if you don't have money accessible to you when you need it. Correct. So I guess I could say that that is, that has just been 
in my head marked as my emergency fund. But I could just as easily say this other money over here is the emergency fund and this mm-hmm. money is not. You've you're you're just squirreling. You've got you've done frugality do squirrel. and mindset so well that you you've got a lot of different accounts that you are kind of at the point where you can play a little bit because yeah, we're not talking your paycheck to paycheck and you've got no accessible funds. So that's an important caveat there. This is true. Thank you, Jill. Thank you for trying to save me. Well, Um, yeah, (laughs) we we don't want those one stars. So my biggest money lesson this year has been the, uh, just another lesson in, I still have scarcity mindset, um, like, issues that I need to work on. So Travis took a pay cut this year uh, to work a job that was a much better schedule. And this is a job that he can work for one to two years and will give him a lot better. It it will give him a totally different skill set in his uh, industry. And he can go and take the skills that he's gained from this job and his previous jobs to do something much better. But we had to make the decision that for a couple years, we're going to be living on a pay cut. And that was very hard for me as somebody who loves safety and stability and had already inflated my lifestyle to a certain extent. Um, Part of that extent being formula. I stopped breastfeeding and formula is expensive, but I hated breastfeeding and I could afford to buy formula. And then Travis wanted to take a pay cut. And I was like, well, I'm already, like, the ship has sailed. Uh, I'm getting this back. <laughs> Yo. Um, so I kind of had to look at, I, I really had to look at the ways that I had inflated my lifestyle and deflate it. So this uh, second half of the year has really been spent looking at ways to deflate my lifestyle, not because it hadn't inflated that crazy, uh, just because the price of goods has gone up so much and we're making, uh, you know, a significant amount less, not like crazy, but, but it's noticeable. So that has been, and that's one of the reasons I'm doing no spend January too. It was my idea that we, we do no spend January, uh, because I am, actively looking for ways to deflate my lifestyle to no fault of my own. Just life circumstances has have changed and I've got to find ways to cut back that will not make me feel deprived. Mm-hmm. We both are saying our top tip for 2024 is earn more and yet simultaneously both Jen and I are actively earning less in 2024 than we did previously. But 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 it's with a purpose and a goal in mind. I think mm-hmm. there's part of this where we can create some freedom and flexibility for ourselves as we implement on these tips that we've talked about over the past five years that allow for some of that job flexibility. We are able to implement creativity and problem solving to be able to go after careers and jobs and lifestyles that don't require so much, but also for certain times, right? There are seasons 
seasons that we move in and out of. There may be seasons where we have to earn more because we want that high interest credit card debt gone. Or there are seasons where it's actually more important for us to free up our time so we can go after this job that or uh, entrepreneurial. We, we want to have our own small business. And so it's going to mean some sacrifice in this other area. So this is that no one size fits all situation. Um, <laughs> while we're talking vulnerability, it's <laughs> another reason we're doing a nose bend challenge. So wherever yeah, you find our, yourself, our we're here for frugal you. friends. will be making more in, in 2024. Yes. It's, it's just 2023. We took intentional pay cuts so that in 2024, we would have more space mm. to earn more. Love it. I love it. We're all we're all moving and shaking, taking what works, leaving the rest behind. There are times mm-hmm. when I'm doing all four of these tips we just said and times when I'm just doing one or two of them. So hopefully you can find yourself there too. Hopefully you'll be along for the ride with us in 2024, especially that January no spend challenge, frugalfriendspodcast.com. Get the friend letter. Follow us on Instagram. Thanks for listening, you all. You know what we also love? reading your kind reviews. So many of you are leaving such thoughtful reviews. This one comes from Hannah M who titled it dynamic duo in all caps. We love all caps. We also love alliteration. Thanks, Hannah. She said, Jen and Jill are the best. Both my husband and I love listening to them and their fun twist to frugality. They make saving money fun. This year, we've started our journey to becoming debt-free. On days when I just want to go to Target to buy decorative pillows or cozy socks, I queue up the pod to keep me motivated and focused on the goal. Thanks, Jen and Jill, for changing the frugal game. You're welcome, Hannah. Mm. I'm here for you. I am here for you, keeping you out of Target. And yes, away from Starbucks, are, if that's your, we are that's the you. useful many. <laughs> we are here for you in your day to day life, and we're so thankful that you keep us around. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a rating and review. If you've listened to a specific episode of the podcast that really gave you some new insight or helped you in some way, please cite that episode in the review so people know kind of what shows they might want to queue up first, even if the latest few are not for them. Uh, So thank you so much. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Sirianni. Jen, what do you think is going to be the hardest part of No Spend January? Hmm takeout recording videos every single day for Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, that, that. I think I will not have time to go out and spend money because I'll be spending so much time overthinking what I'm posting to TikTok and Instagram. I think that's really, I think really that's the the lesson that we're going to learn by the end of January. If you want to stop spending money challenge yourself to post 30 videos in 30 (laughs) days on Instagram. I really Um, think that's going to be our takeaway. mm -hmm. So uh, Uh, I think we should do some, we should, we should revisit our days of when I was in an RV living in your backyard and we pooled our food together for dinner almost Mm -hmm. every night. 
we did quarantine in the beginning of the beginning of the pandemic together. And actually there's some fond mems there. So that can help us. We can like, what food do you got? What food do I got? Let's make something of it. Oh my gosh. I miss those. I was thinking about those days the other day. And I really think that we should come together, pool our resources. Now you have a, a bomb kitchen. It's not a dumpster fire anymore. It's the bomb. And, uh, we should hang out there. Dumpster fire anymore. Oh, Mm -hmm. such a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.